Blog Talk Radio. talking about a topic, embracing change, six steps for making life easier. So let's look at the first step. The first step says, identify what do I need? Why do I need to change? So we're going to look at that. Why is it that I need to change? The second step is what is the purpose in making the change? What's my vision? What is it going to look like if I change? Number three, what will the change ultimately do for me or for other people in my life? What outcomes, what benefits, and what impact will it have? So one of the problems we have with embracing change is that we don't like to do something that's unknown, something that's foreign to us. So we become very anxious. But one of the things we understand is if we can just start the process, we will be able to realize that if we just start it, we will be able to get through it. So let's look at some of the quotes that I have for people that have told people to change and help people to change. One of them is Henry Ford, who said, if you think you can do a thing or think you can't do a thing, you're right. He also said, failure is simply the opportunity to begin again this time more intelligently. Ex-President Bill Clinton said, the price of doing the old same thing is far higher than the price of change. And another president said, John F. Kennedy, many years ago, change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. A motivational speaker said, Jim Rohn, your life does not get better by chance. It gets better by change. Benjamin Disraeli said, change is inevitable. Change is constant. And Lao Tzu said, life is a series of natural and spontaneous changes that don't resist them, that only create sorrow. Let reality be reality. Let things flow naturally forward in whatever way they like. So one of the things we have to think about is the belief system. We should never fear failure. Change is not a bad word, and change does not have to be a burden for you. We must become flexible, empathetic with the process, and we have to stop being a pessimist. Change is risk-taking. Start what we think about, Earl Nightingale once said. Now, we also think about that doubt interrupts and interferes with the power of our ability 
to enact change. You reap what you sow. Now, the other aspects of change are how can I get used to the process? Once I know what I can expect, I'm going to be able to do certain things, and I'm going to be more comfortable. One of the things we have to be able to do is learn how the conditioning of this change will follow us into a routine every day. Now, one of the things that we can think about in order to embrace change more uh, easier is looking at it from a perspective like this, temporary versus permanent. Now, there are some changes out there that you want to make that either are forced change or are changes that you see necessary for you to do. Now, the best change is when we internalize it ourselves and we're not forced to do it. So, for instance, I work in the industry of mental health, substance abuse, and corrections. And one of the things that judges often do is tell somebody to go uh, to AA meetings or NA meetings. And a lot of times people feel forced in that action. So therefore, they're not going to get enough out of that change of doing that behavior because it's not something that they were willing to do. So when we're not willing to do something, it's very hard for us to embrace that type of change and see that it has a benefit for us in the future or even in the present. So when we are asked to do something, we have to embrace it. We have to buy into it. So just like when you buy a car or you buy a product, you need to know its benefits and how it's going to produce better outcomes for you. We need to become flexible. Later on, I'm going to give you uh, a way to grab a recording that I did about stages of change that comes from Prochaska and De Clemente, who are psychologists and scientists that dealt with change and how the process works. And in those processes, we deal with five steps for change. And the first one is pre-contemplative. The second is contemplative. The third is preparation. The fourth is action. And the fifth is maintenance. And each of those steps in my recording will explain to you that sometimes we don't know we need to change, but certain situations force us to change because we're going to have some problems. So when people see themselves uh, needing to change, sometimes they end up in jail and they say, oh, I can't believe that I got myself into this. And unfortunately, they can't get out of problems so quickly because they haven't done the steps necessary to, to get out of it. So once we follow a specific routine and a step-by-step -step process, we will be able to find ourselves in a better position and then life will be easier. Now, Jason Clark did a TED Talk about embracing change. And one of the things he found and said was that, like I said earlier, if the culture that you are in is acceptable to you and it's something is offered to you, you will embrace it more. Let me say that one more time. So if the culture that we're in, so if we're in an environment of a working, uh, if we're at work and, we, and we're invited to do something, and we enjoy the culture that we're in of that workplace, and they make us feel accepted in that arena, then we're going to want to do it more often. We're going to enjoy our work. But if we're forced to do something, and it's very structured, it's hard for us to kind of uh, feel comfortable in that process. And remember that one of the things we have to look at is choices versus outcomes. Our choices can lend itself to certain outcomes. So the choices I make today are very important to understand what outcomes are going to be tomorrow. 
So one of the, one of the things that Mr. Clark said in his TED Talk is we want to have a heads up before we need to change. Change is painful. The unknown, freaky, and undetermined and unstructured brings us apprehension and fear. So do not let fear paralyze you. Let the change be more of an opportunity for growth and prosperity and for us to become better people and better at what we're doing in the present time. Many people have changed their behaviors, have really felt the fruits of that, the fruitfulness of that. All right, so we're going to take a small break right now, and after we come back, we're going to talk about the last three steps, and then we're going to wrap this up. And also, if you want to make a phone call today at 516-418-5773, that phone number to call. The show is 516-418-5773. Let's hear our spot. Let's hear from our messages today. Hi, my name is Mayim Bialik, and you probably know me from The Big Bang Theory, where I play neurobiologist Amy Farrow Fowler. Well, in real life, I'm actually a trained neuroscientist who spent seven years of my life working towards a PhD specializing in obsessive compulsive disorder. My research for my thesis confirmed a significant personal connection for me with OCD. OCD is real, as are anxiety, depression, and panic disorder. I know about those as well. I also know way too much about bipolar disorder, suicidal depression, and a host of other conditions I've come in close contact with in my life. But my interest and involvement in the world of mental illness didn't start in graduate school. I come from a family full of a phenomenal set of skills and also a tremendous amount of struggle. Many in my family have lived with mental illness without help or support. As hard as it is to live with a mental health condition and not get help, it's also hard to love someone with a mental health condition when we don't know how to help. As I left my parents' home and went out into the world, I learned that people who struggle with mental health conditions are to be found in every corner of the globe, in every racial and ethnic group, and from poor and rich families alike. No family is immune from mental health conditions, and it's a rare and blessed gift to be able to get help when you or a loved one need it. I've turned to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, as a resource for myself and those I love for years. NAMI is a nonprofit organization whose goal it is to provide support and information to those living with mental health conditions or loving someone who's living with a mental health condition. NAMI does this through support groups, my personal favorite, fundraisers, public service announcements aimed to remove the stigma from mental illness, advocacy, and helplines to give you support if you or a loved one need it. It's not easy to talk about mental health conditions, but I know too many people I love who did not get help in time. And that's why I've chosen to speak out with NAMI and spread the message that I am stigma-free and everyone deserves to get the help and support they need. And NAMI can help you do that. Please consider being a part of NAMI's mission. Imagine a world where bullying isn't considered a normal part of childhood. A world where I'm not afraid to go to school. To speak out. To be myself.
where I'm not afraid to be caught alone. You have the power to stop the bullying. Speak out. Speak up. Educate. Find out what to look for and how you can make a difference. good homes or bad homes. It's not a normal part of growing up. Did you know that a bully will stop his or her behavior in 10 seconds when their peers speak up? I shouldn't have to be afraid to get on the school bus. To turn on my computer. Welcome back to Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives. Today we're talking about embracing change, six steps for making life easier. Uh, I'd like to thank all my listeners for being here today. I hope you're getting some uh, benefit. And that uh, service message you just heard, anti-bullying, you know, it's uh, interesting. Uh, I put this on my podcast because it's uh, very dear to me. Uh, I was a kid uh, that got bullied many, 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 you know, many times. And eventually got into martial arts. I became a, a martial artist and have been in the martial arts for 40 years. I've stopped now, but uh, I reached my fourth degree black belt. 
and um, I learned how to improve my self-confidence. And um, I wish that back then there was better uh, policies for bullying uh, like they do now. So I'm really happy that there is uh, the policies now. So changes uh, make life easier, like we're saying today. And that was one of the things that I'm really happy about, that the policies in schools have changed. Um, I also want to uh, let the listeners know, if you have children or you've been bullied yourself, um, I have a podcast that talks about bullying. Check it out on the, this blog talk radio uh, that I have. Uh, it's a great understanding of bullying. And also I want you to check if you're interested in more information about bullying. There's a great website. It's called stopbullying.gov. And it's a government website I wish was available to me when I was a child getting bullied. And it really helps uh, not only the, the people, unfortunately, that are getting bullied, but also the parents of those who are getting bullied to understand what to expect and how to deal with those issues. All right. So the other thing I want to talk to you today about before I get started with the fourth step is, um, you know, the idea of change uh, is is pretty much throughout the lifespan, if you really think about it. You know, the, the cliche of, you know, you can't show an old dog new tricks, but you can show an old, old dog new tricks if you have the patience, empathy, and understanding to go through the process because it's not going to be easy. Uh, there's going to be that unfortunate resistance from the dog. Uh, but if you love the dog and you think that the change is helpful to the person, to the dog or to the person, it's going to, you're going to want to do it. And uh, the, the situation will be better as a result. So a lot of times we have to see it through the process of change because what happens is we start and when something doesn't happen, as quickly as we want it to, we want that instant gratification. Then what happens is we basically stop and we don't keep uh, a new behavior. So basically uh, researchers talk about uh, the idea of making a change uh, takes about 21 to 30 days. And now those of you who are out there that might've been involved in AA or NA meetings, they talk about 90 days, uh, 90 meetings in 90 days. What they're really saying is if you go 90 days, that whole process becomes a lifestyle and it becomes a routine in your everyday living. So it's not just one activity. It becomes who you are, what you do. So mind, body, and soul, everything is wrapped up into one and you're doing it without even thinking about it. So that's why change, sometimes a person can deal with that change and be flexible with it because they've done it over and over again. So if you've changed one thing in your life, you could probably do some other changes in your life if you know what to expect and you know the steps that are necessary. Okay, so let's look at step number four. Basically, you want to check your attitude at the door. Yep, that's right. Check your attitude at the door. What is your perspective and relationship when you, have, when you think of the word change? There's a gentleman by the name of Keith Harrell who is a uh, national motivational speaker. He passed away, I think it was about 2010, and he has a great video on YouTube if you want to check it out. It's called Attitude is Everything. So what you want to do is think of change as an opportunity for growth and prosperity in your life and not a burden. If we change our attitude, that will enact us to do the, the behavior with a little bit more comfort. Number five, acknowledge and accept your feelings of the potential fears and resentments that you have for change. And you want to understand the real reason for your change and why we resist it so much. What are you really fearing? Well, um, you know, are you worried about the outcome too much? So sometimes if you worry about the outcome, you become paralyzed and you do nothing at all. So you probably have within you 
the resources to do something, but there's a sense of doubt. So doubt plays a very integral part in this idea of change because it could stop you and it interferes or disrupts the, the, the productivity that you could possibly have as a result of change. Number six says, remember the change is a process. If you remember change is a process, and you'll need to be able to be patient and learn that you have, you're, you're going to learn how to navigate the different aspects of what you have to do to make that change possible. So how you think about change is very important to how we will say yes or no to the change itself. And again, remember those things I said earlier, temporary versus permanent, especially when you're anxious. You can get out of that anxious state if you just put the word, this is only temporary. This is not going to last forever. So when I've done that, and I've reminded myself that if I just think of this as temporary, if I'm in a bad situation, it's never going to be forever. Um, I'm in a traffic jam. This is not going to be forever. I'm not going to be stuck here for five years. I'm only going to be stuck here for maybe 30 minutes or 40 minutes. That's only 40 minutes out of my day. Big deal, right? So the attitude I have, the evaluation. So you got to change the evaluation of how you see that. It's not going to be permanent. Now, if you're interested in the stages of change recording that I have, what I'd like you to do is email me at askgettinghealthytoday at gmail.com. That's again, askgettinghealthytoday at gmail.com. And when you pr- give me your email, and I'll send you that recording uh, for free. And it's an eight-minute recording. Well, I did about stages of change and the research I did about Prochaska de Clemente, who pretty much coined that phrase stages of change. And it's amazing how you could take that stages of change recording that I've done and, and the work that I researched and use it to anything that you need to do and change. So once you allow yourself and let go, basically we have to let go of that resistance. Once you let go of that resistance, then life is easier and then change can take place. But If you are constantly being resistant to change, then change is not going to be your friend. So we need to give change a chance is basically what I'm saying. So, all right. Right now, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to call me at 516-418-5773. Or if you don't get a chance to call in, definitely call me. um, Send your your message to askgettinghealthytoday at gmail.com. Uh, Make sure you check me out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and, of course, Blog Talk Radio. Follow me there. Check out my other uh, episodes. Our programs, we deal with a lot of different things, addiction, mental health, wellness, weight loss, goal setting, you name it. We try to look at all the different aspects of health, and we try to help you. My background is a master's in psychology. I'm a licensed alcohol drug counselor, and the years of My involvement in many different activities and people helping me along the way have taught me a lot of different things about health. So I'm not an expert. So I'm just giving you this this forum to discuss and learn the things that I've learned through researching experts in many different fields. So next week, what we're going to talk about is anxiety. How do we cope with anxiety in this pandemic? And at this time, I'd like to thank all the healthcare workers and everyone out there who's worked their butt off to help us uh, make life a little easier. And I'd like to appreciate everyone that has done everything they can and hopefully be safe. And um, my thoughts and prayers go out to those people, unfortunately, have lost people through this pandemic. Um, 
My heart goes out to all of you. Uh, I hope you enjoy the show today. And like, again, check me out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, when you want to go to askgettinghealthytoday at gmail.com, I'll send you that recording of Stages of Change. And we'll see you next week. Next week, Sunday, 1130, we'll be talking about coping with uh, anxiety in this pandemic situation that we're in right now.